So there is some big news in Canada. And of course, when there's big news in Canada, I want to talk to historian and YouTuber Christo Avalis to break it all down. Christo, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me again. So this uh, dropped yesterday. Uh, Bill Morneau, no longer finance minister and being replaced by Christia Freeland. So we'll get to in a bit what Christia Freeland's impact may be, your thoughts on that. But first, let's start with Bill Morneau, why do you think he, um, I guess, I mean, was forced to resign? So it, he's using the excuse that he wants to be the, uh, or run for the Secretary General of the OECD, and that he was never going to run again anyways, but to now leave this position as finance minister in the middle of a pandemic, just like 10 months after uh, re-election, what is the, the, the thought process here? Like, what do you actually think went on behind the scenes? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't fully buy the excuse. I think that excuse allows kind of everyone to maybe save a little bit of face. But I think what's clear from my perspective is that there's either continued fallout from the We Charity scandal, which, you know, basically the, the liberal government uh, partnered with a uh, very controversial charity uh, to give them nearly a billion dollars to funnel that to students making under minimum wage. Uh, and that's a charity that not only um, had Bill Morneau given money to, but supposedly he, he didn't mean to, and they helped promote Bill Morneau's books, Bill Morneau's daughter's book, but also they've you know had business relationships with Trudeau's mother, brother, and wife. Like, you know, it's a, it's a bad scandal. Um, and apparently I was reading on 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 social media from a CBC journalist that um, he had only informed the prime minister's office about his decision to pay back that $41,000 and, and, and like declare that on like a live stream about an hour before it happened. So it could be that it's related to that. It could also be related to the fact that he might have disagreements about how to go forward, um, you know, in the pandemic with, uh, you know, regards to the CERB and to other forms of stimulus. And he might take a different position from the government and um you know he's like well i can't endorse this as finance minister so i'm going to resign and him running for the oecd allows him to sort of say well i'm not so much quitting i'm sort of you know applying to a new job if you will yeah um i don't buy it though yeah that i mean it, it seemed i mean it, it it's one thing to do that if you know this was in the middle of not a pandemic <laughs> just you know so you know uh, normal times but to do this in the middle of a pandemic, uh, I mean, I think it, it it appears to signify signify that the liberal government's going to go in a different direction. Do you buy that? Do you think Christia Freeland, do you, do you think there's going to be maybe an extension of the CERB? Do you think there's going to be a, a uh, or how do you view um, a finance minister, Christia Freeland, how do you view that as different than what maybe a Bill Morneau would continue to do during this this crisis? Well, I mean, she's not as, as connected to the finance world as Morneau is in her professional life. She was sort of more of like a writer and public intellectual rather than Bill Morneau, who comes purely from the corporate world. So in, in theory, you might think she'd be a little bit out of the box, but I don't think she will be. I think that she's a very close Trudeau ally. Trudeau obviously very much trusts her. And so I don't even think this is about ideological direction. It's more about... Freeland is somebody very important. She's likely being lined up as Justin Trudeau's successor, whether that's 
in you know a, a couple years or maybe the liberals hope ideally in like 10 years or whatever their plan is i think that she's being lined up as the next liberal leader um and uh i think that that's why she's being given this position um you know in terms of the crb being expanded the liberals so far have been hinting that they want to shift people on to ei but 75 percent of the people basically getting the CERB right now, for one reason or another, wouldn't be eligible to get support on EI. Mm. So there's a real risk that that won't happen. And now we're hearing that they're planning to prorogue parliament. So there's big questions of, while the liberals are basically shutting down democracy for a few weeks, maybe longer, um, what are working and middle-class Canadians going to do? Um, maybe Freeland wants a more... Uh, Maybe she wants to preserve the CERB and, and Bill Morneau was like, no, I don't want to do that. Maybe. But I, I don't know if we can speculate on that right now. Yeah. So there's been I mean, even b before this, there's been a lot of um, reporting or I guess rumors, discussions that Trudeau wants to attempt to be a little more left leaning, a little more progressive, I guess, similar in the way that he was rhetorically when he actually uh, initially became prime minister. Um do you buy that? Do you think that he views this uh, as an opportunity now to to move more to the left to try and, you know, shore up some of that uh, NDP swing vote? Uh, do you think he's going to attempt to to get that th that more progressive side? Or is this just more of a uh, uh, the appearance of change as opposed to any actual real change? Yeah, I don't think the primary motivator is ideology necessarily. Um, yeah, I mean, it, there might be slight changes. Again, maybe there's a slight extension of the CERB. Um, you know, maybe there's uh, Trudeau worries about the threat of the NDP more. So at least, again, rhetorically, by appointing Christia Freeland, um, by, you know, leaning into the fact that she's the first ever female finance minister federally in Canadian history, that he can, like, push this as a sort of progressive move, that that might be one of his goals. But... I, I, I do think there is something to be said for the fact that, you know, right now, uh, the only party that's offered consistent, effective opposition to the Trudeau government since the election has been the NDP, especially since, you know, the, the shutdown. They were the party that basically pushed for the CERB. They were the party that fought to get students included. And then eventually they got them their CESB, which is woefully inadequate, but it, it now exists. And I think Trudeau probably does worry about optics and about giving Jagmeet Singh more ammunition to basically say, look, the government is letting working and middle class Canadians, you know, float adrift uh, while their jobs aren't back yet. And I think that maybe that's part of this. But again, I don't see a substantive ideological difference between Bill Morneau and Christia Freeland. We have to remember, Christia Freeland is one of the most zealous anti-democratic ministers in the Western world. And I, and I mean that without hyperbole. I mean, she has been more coup-friendly than, or she's been as coup-friendly as any cabinet minister in the Trump cabinet. You know, just mm -hmm. wanting to support coups in Bolivia, in Venezuela, yep. all over. The, 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 she's a menace to democracy. So I don't necessarily see her as like, oh, we're going to push to the left. We've seen what she's done to left-wing movements in Bolivia. I have no hesitation that that's her goal uh, if, if it needs to come to that, even here in Canada. 
Yeah, it, it does really feel like um, this, again, is more of a uh, an attempt to make people think that there is, you know, the, this this progressive change or this this veneer of, hey, look, we have the first female, you know, finance minister here like this. Like this is kind of the, the angle with a lot of what has with what a lot of what Trudeau has done is have this uh, this initiative for diversity, but really not having anything beneath it that's any different than the status quo when it comes to a liberal government. So th- this does feel uh, very similar uh, just to what Trudeau has already been doing uh, in that sense. But so now that Morneau is gone, how do you view his his legacy? Like, how do you think he'll be viewed in terms of, you know, going forward, looking back on this time? Um, how do you think he'll be viewed as, as you know, the, the job that, that he did with with Trudeau? Yeah, well, just before I want to just go back to that, because, you know, we talk about the diversity, but we remember that you know, Jody Wilson-Raybould and Jane Philpott mm-hmm. were, yes. you know, women. And this wasn't the only reason they were in cabinet, of course, but they were celebrated as part of a more diverse and gender parity, you know, a, a gender balanced cabinet. And yet when they spoke out against the government and their ethics violation, they were thrown to the curb by Trudeau and the rest of cabinet and the rest of caucus. And even uh, Selena Cesar Chevan, who was not in cabinet, but she was a, you know, a, a prominent liberal backbencher in the last parliament. Uh, who decided not to run again, said that, you know, when when when, you know, Bill Morneau decided to leave politics, you know, Justin Trudeau backed her his future. What about a lot of the other liberal MPs who are women and people of color? I wonder why he didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there's a lot of hypocrisy with liberal diversity. And I think that what matters most to Trudeau um, is uh, can I throw you under the bus to cover my own butt? And two. Will you do what I say or will yeah. you do what the people who tell me to do to say? You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what I think it's about. But in terms of Morno, I, I really do feel that like he's kind of going to be forgotten. Like mm-hmm. he's not going to go down as one of the famous finance ministers because for, for maybe some of our, you know, our shared American viewers that are watching in Canada, the the undisputably, indisputably, the the, the second most important person in the federal government is the finance minister. It's not the deputy prime minister. It's not any other position. You know, the U.S., maybe it's secretary of state. Mm-hmm. In Canada, it's finance minister, 100%. And a lot of them have become famous, even if they didn't become prime minister. Or a lot of them, you know, use that to jump to prime minister, whether it was Jean Chrétien or whether it was uh, John Turner. Uh, they became famous primarily as being finance ministers. Uh, you know, Paul Martin as well was a famous finance minister. Um, and they often build their own legacies independent of their governments. With Morno, I don't see that. I see a guy that largely followed the the liberal party line of, you know, a centrist to center right economic policy um, and then went down because of scandal uh, and had other scandals, too, where his, you know, his familial company was making profits off any manner of things that were directly connected to the government and how they were, you know, asking, you know, doctors to pay more in taxes. But, you know, Morneau was basically making money off the Panama paper scandal and and these sorts of things. So I don't know what legacy he's going to have. I mean, when you think of the the famous finance ministers, they 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 clashed with PMs more and they 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 had longer terms. So I think mm. he's going to pretty much be forgotten. I think he'll be forgotten quicker than Jim Flaherty, 
the finance minister under Harper, who, you know, who passed away, uh, you know, untimely. But like, I think he'll have a longer legacy than Morneau. Now, uh, how about his open seat? So uh, there's been a lot of speculation about who may fill it. Uh, do you have any ideas? Uh, it, this is a very um, reliable liberal seat in uh, Toronto Centre, I believe. Um, so do you have any ideas of, of who they may try and, you know, get to, to try and fill that, that seat? There's been some rumors that Mark Carney would run. Mark Carney mm. is the former Bank of Canada head and then also did a term as the Bank of England head. Um, but, you know, uh, came back to Canada is sort of being an advisor to Trudeau or, or to his office or what have you. And a lot of people are thinking that at least in terms of like the resume, uh, the man could easily be Minister of Finance. And because, as you note, it's a safe liberal seat. And I believe Carney does have roots in Toronto. I feel that if they wanted to, they could plug him in there and probably get him elected. Um, but I'm not sure if that's the move. And I've heard other people say that. You know, Carney isn't considering that right now. He has other objectives and priorities, and he doesn't want to show any conflicts of interest. Mm. You know, I haven't heard any rumors, but as you know, because it is seen as a very safe liberal seat, you're going to see a lot of people maybe show interest because much like a, a you know, a very blue or a very red primary, it might be seen as, you know, the, 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 the party nomination actually clinches your seat. Although I will give a couple caveats there that we do live in tumultuous times. Um, it is a very wealthy part of Toronto, but it's also very cosmopolitan. And it is the sort of riding that the NDP can win. The NDP has won that riding provincially back in 2018. Uh, Suze Morrison, who's mm. a rather you know left-wing NDP MPP. Uh, and it is the sort of riding that if any party's going to challenge the Liberals, although it's probably unlikely, it'll be the New Democrats. And because it's a by-election... There's 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 greater there's greater volatility. Mm -hmm. So would I bet money against the liberals losing? No. But whereas I would say it would basically be 100 percent in a regular election, I would say maybe it's 95 now. Well, Christo, uh, this has been a great discussion. I always like talking Canadian politics with you as rare as it is for us uh, <laughs> nowadays yeah, yeah. with everything going on. But um, it's great having you on. Uh, let people know where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me here on YouTube. Uh, David will probably throw a link in the description, but it's just Christo Avalis. If you search that, that's the channel name. Uh, you can also just find me, Christo Avalis, one word at, on Twitter. And you can also find me if you just search Christo Avalis on Facebook. Uh, you'll find me there. I have a, both a personal account and, you know, a page. So you can follow that and, you know, connect with me on social media. Yep, I love all those links below. And uh, once again, thanks, Christo, for uh, coming on. Thanks for having me again.